0: Hello, 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 you lucky people. Welcome to episode 128 of the Socially Distanced podcast, the flagship podcast of ThePopBreak.com. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am the editor-in-chief of the site. And this episode will be taking place today at 23 Meteor Street in northern London. It's an obscure reference for one of the greatest sitcoms to have ever been produced. This podcast episode has been kicked around for two years and we're finally doing it. This is our podcast about the classic British sitcom Spaced, which took place on Channel 4 in the UK, 1999-2001, written and starring Simon Pegg and Jessica Stevenson, directed by Edgar Wright. So yes... For all you Simon Pegg fans and Edgar Wright fans, this is where everything began. And I am so excited to talk about two people who love this show as much as I do. First, making uh what might be one of his last appearances in 2022 on the podcast as he goes on a much needed paternity leave, because he's gonna be a double dad. TBD. Mannarino is on the way because we do not know if it's a boy or a girl. Um, I'm sure he'll let us all know once the child is born, so I could buy it presents as I do. The managing editor of the Al Mannarino. How you doing, pal?
1: Well, you know, it's I'm 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 feeling a lot of things right now. Obviously, being the last, possibly the last time I'm on the podcast for the year, so you know going through all these different emotions like pain fear anger aggression watercolors watercolors <laughs> yeah man i'm excited I'm, I'm listen i'm super excited to talk about space i just did a rewatch uh in preparation it's a it's a great show for a rewatch because it's like two seasons 16 episodes like you knock it out so quickly and um, it's so enjoyable from start to finish. So super excited to talk about it with you and our special guest. Yes,
0: yeah, so you can watch Spaced on Amazon Prime. It's through their freebie, um, that horribly named streaming service they have with the commercials that cut off in the middle of dialogue, yep. uh, and at any at random, it's really odd. But you get all the you get all the seasons, which is great. And we are very stoked to have on Melissa Jobin back we always have her on in october so it's great to have her check her first episode out where we talked about hubie halloween mm-hmm. that that one brief shining moment of camelot <laughs> known as Ad, that adam sandler halloween netflix special which everyone loved at the time and nobody talks about it anymore which is essentially all of netflix pretty much um and of course, don't forget, she was also on our Moneyball episode, That mm-hmm. our 100th episode. That was super awesome. Melissa, thank you for coming on the show.
2: Thank you for uh, having me back, especially for this.
0: Yes. And of course, if you want to check out Melissa, she is a comedian. She's all around New Jersey. Check out her uh, comedy duo, Warm Things. And, and Melissa is the biggest Philly Fanatic fan To ever live, and that is that is a shoot, brother. That is an absolute shoot. So, let's get into the show itself. Of course, like I said, Spaced aired on Channel 4, I think it was in the same block or it was opposite of Friends at the time and aired in 1999. Um, of course, for me, let's get into how we discovered this show for me. And I could speak for Al and Melissa, who are much younger than me. <laughs> None <laughs> of us watch this in real time because one, it was not brought over to the United States. <laughs> Two, the internet was not exactly uh, quick or you know efficient to stream television back in the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, for me, I discovered this show because I was watching the Shaun of the Dead uh, making of, and edgar wright and simon pegg and nick frost kept uh nick frost also in the show i think i mentioned that up top um that they kept talking about the show called spaced and um i found some clips on daily motion i want to say and i was like oh this is really funny and i went on ebay i'm really dating myself here (laughs) and um i still use ebay i I, I, (laughs) do (laughs) Not as frequently. I actually have not used eBay in a long time. And I got two bootleg copies, which I didn't realize they were bootleg copies at the time, of of the first two seasons, The sight unseen. Uh, And then when I got them and I saw everything was like definitely off a laser jet printer, I was like, oh, these are bootlegs. Uh, So yes, that's how I first discovered and watched Spaced. So Al, how about you? How did you discover
1: Spaced? think it's the same basically the same concept you went on ebay
0: and got some bootlegs i went on ebay
1: no i (laughs) i my early like film discovery period was just like either word of mouth or you know hearing people talk about stuff but like i remember distinctively like not hearing about Shaun of the Dead from like the normal, like, you know, we've had Ryan on this podcast before, my friends in high school who like got me into like a lot of the movies and stuff that I like now. I just remember seeing it and be like, that looks interesting. Like, I've never, I was not a horror movie person. Like, I was not, Same. never a horror movie person. I had not seen anything that they had done. This must have been a few years after Shaun of the Dead. So, Shaun of the Dead came out in 04. I probably discovered in like oh six oh seven maybe, which is kind of a perfect time for that because Same for me. as soon yeah. as I discovered Shaun of the Dead, you know, I was able to like, like, I was like instantly blown away. It is my favorite movie of all time. And I was able to discover Hot Fuzz from that. And then just started really getting into uh, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And, you know, again, perfect timing for that. Cause this is like, you know that period, Simon and Nick and Edgar started doing more things, and you know that was where we got like Paul and um, you know the World's End and uh, you know Scott Pilgrim versus the World, things like that. So it was just kind of serendipitous um, that I just like, hey, I just want to turn this movie on, and it completely like changed my existence. With space specifically, was like, oh, they've done something before this. Like there is a. There is a pre Shaun of the Dead. All of these people working together. Let me check it out. I went to um, probably an Fye. I think it's still in the Ocean County Mall. And yeah, the, not not much moves from that place. No, no, a, a lot of things move. Just I mean, <laughs> you go out of business. Dude, that's um, true. Is the Friendly yeah. still there? That's not <laughs> in the Ocean <laughs> County Mall, but that yeah, that's a. That's across the street from the Ocean Oh, that's right. It's the still first, there, though. It's
2: it is still a, the I, funny it's story. As I know it's the only one that is still around
1: in existence. Yeah. Um, uh, I think
0: there's one in Metuchen, and that that Tom Server friendlies is the first place my dad ever had a quesadilla, which is the <laughs> weirdest place for anyone to have Mexican food yes, ever. And also to exactly. root my when I went on eBay and ordered this, uh, it was 2007, right before Hot Fuzz. That's when I got this.
1: So. I remember distinctly going into that store, buying the spaced box set, which I still have almost uh, Christian. Christian stole it from me from like uh, Christian who's been Bischoff, who's been on this podcast, my cousin. He stole it for a solid five years. Like I just, it was not in my collection. I think I stole it back at this point um, or took it back. But I remember reading the people who you know like when they provide like quotes of like how good a show is and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. the people on the back of that were like peter jackson quentin tarantino kevin smith and i think they all provided like different commentary yeah, they do, too they do they audio do.
2: commentary yeah.
1: yeah like they were such big uh uh you know um not backers, but they were so proponents, proponents. They were, uh, they like lifted that show up because it was like, Oh, there's this great thing happening in the UK and no one in the U S is seeing it. Cause it's just a channel Four show. And it wasn't as like kind of fluid as it is now in terms of like, Oh, there's a great show happening in the UK. We can just go stream it next day online. It wasn't like that in 99, 2000. So I saw that and I was like, wow that's insane i can't believe they've all seen this thing and it's like no it's honestly when you watch it it's like you're you're like getting like you're in on a secret that no one else knows
0: i we'll get into that in a second you know what i mean it's interesting you bring it up uh melissa so where did when did you get it when did you discover space
2: um i think we all discovered it around the same time period because nice. it was definitely, I was in high school, and that was when I was in high school. Yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> I, the year I I watched Space for the first time is when I started dating, the year I started dating my wife, so <laughs> I feel very old.
2: So. It was, I was in high school, um, but it's funny, because I'm trying to remember exactly how I found it, because I, like... I had well. The first time I heard about it was definitely from hearing Edgar Wright and Simon Peg talking about the making of Shaun of the Dead and being like, "Oh, originally, like this is kind of based off of an episode of the show that we made." But at the time, I guess I was just like, "Oh, well, I guess I'll never see that show they're talking about." So I never really like thought about it. But I can't remember like how I then finally, like as a teenager, pirating things online, realized that I could pirate it and watch it. Well.
0: so in 2008, it came out in a box set.
2: Yes, this was DVD. before though, because I, it was 2006. I it was 2006 when I found it, and I bought okay. it online. I was ready. I was there, ready for it when it came out on the box set in 2008, because I was like, okay, I've seen the show. I've been obsessed with it for two years. I never thought that I would have. like. I pirated it because I couldn't buy it. I would have bought it. I would have. I mean, I did buy it. I have. I still have it. Still one of the yes, only things I. I own. But. um I actually like saved up money for like a couple of months to be able to afford it and then went to Best Buy the day that it came out so early that they didn't even put it out on the shelves yet. It was still on like the little cart that they were like putting out all the new releases on. So I I can't remember exactly why I got into space, but I think if I remember correctly, it was because I was a really big fan of the actor who plays Dwayne Benzie. Peter Peter,
1: Sark- Sark- Sark-Witz. Peter Sark-Witz. Yeah. Dwayne Benzi.
2: <laughs> I was a very Dwayne. big fan of him and his uh, he had a couple other shows that he did that were really good.
0: Oh uh, well, one show that you and I both enjoy. I don't know, Al, if you've seen it. It's called Look Around You. Have you ever seen it? So it's basically them and Oscar winner Olivia Coleman, yeah. uh basically spoofing like educational television programming, like science programming that you would see on a PBS. And it, it's, it's just done very dry. They re-ran it. Uh, I want to say they re-ran it on Adult Swim for a few years.
2: They might have.
0: At least 10 years ago. It was a long, long time ago. Um, and so I have a funny story about the DVD. Okay. So they had a premiere of it in New York City. And my girlfriend, now wife, and my roommate, one of my best friends, Andrew, we went to the city. Uh, they were signing copies. We didn't get a chance to do that. But we went to the city. It was in the village. And we waited online. And Simon Pegg and Jessica Stevenson, Edgar Wright arrived uh, in a limo. And they went inside. I think Jessica Stevenson said hi to a few people. Edgar Wright went in because he had to, like, set stuff up. And Simon Pegg decided. It, this was, like, middle of the summer in New York City. And Simon Pegg. Al, you've probably heard this story already. I have. Uh, and <laughs> so Simon Pegg is running down the line, high-fiving people. My hand was so sweaty because I am a <laughs> sweaty bastard. And I high-fived him and my hand slipped and it. I had to stop my hand because I almost put my palm through his nose, like you would see in a Seagal movie where he almost kills a guy. And he stopped, jumped backwards and went, whoa, oh my God, you almost killed me. And I'm like, I was like, oh, I didn't mean it. And he's like, holy shit and i was like oh my god i'm so sorry like we we were okay and then he came back and he looked at me and we both looked at each other we did that uh, uh, we tried <laughs> to like we tried to fight each other so yes that was the day i almost killed simon pegg wow and then yeah. at the screening it was like a veritable who's who of people like i was like the front row was david cross um uh but there was a couple people from death proof were there um I can't remember the actress's name for Death Roof. And then I went to the bathroom. And as I'm coming back from the bathroom, in the far distance, I see the tallest and shortest men I've ever seen in my life. They get closer. The shortest man is Paul Rudd. The tallest man is Bill Hader.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: And I'm like, and I just looked, I did the, I looked up, I looked down, I went, huh? All right. And they looked at me and they go, Yeah, we know. And they just walk past. And everyone was super nice, but it was, it was literally some of the most, now when you think of Paul Rudd and stuff like that, <laughs> you think of like super famous people just yeah. sitting there, hanging out, having a good time. There was other people there, like supposedly in the back um, that didn't want to be seen that were very famous that were watching this. So this was, that was an event and we watched a couple episodes out of that. I definitely think we'll be talking about some of those episodes, but that was uh, an event I'll I'll never forget. That was really super cool. And uh, that DVD, like what well, we talked about, all those famous people, if if you want to go find it, if you have a DVD player, we still watch DVDs. There's a great documentary about Spaced on there, about the making of, including people like Patton Oswalt and Kevin Smith and Peter Jackson and Quentin Tarantino and other super famous people talking about how much they love about this show. So let's get into... Why we're on this podcast and why we love this show. We're gonna talk superlatives. We're gonna talk our. We're gonna talk about our favorite episodes, our favorite pieces of music, lines and quotes that we still use to this day. And after rewatching it, I'm like, holy shit! A lot of my dialogue is based off of this show, and I don't say it on podcasts. I say it in my real life and in my work, and no one understands why. Um, and yeah, total a whole bunch of other stuff. Al's got some really fun musical musical uh tidbits that he's gonna pull out uh the poster remember you told me about the poster you were gonna bring that up as you're like what are you talking about i'm like yes sure and i by the way i saw the episode and for the first time ever saw all the bands you mentioned. yeah um let's get in why we love this show and why we're talking about a show that had 16 episodes that ran 22 years ago like 20 that aired 23 years ago and just was celebrated on, because it aired, I believe, in late September of 1999. So, Melissa, what is it about this show that you love, that you want to podcast about? And then, and how many times have you rewatched this series? Let's start with that one first, and then go into what you love about their show.
2: No, yeah, re it. So you you guys both rewatched it pretty recently to prepare for the Yeah, and one. I... And I didn't actually and actually I was talking to my friend Dan that I do comedy with today about doing this podcast and he was like, um, uh, he was like, did you rewatch it to prepare? And I was like, "Mm, I don't have to because I have seen it so many times. Um, I've honestly seen the show so many times that I like feel like I could probably remember every single word of every episode if I had to remember them all. Um, I, I completely lost count of how many times I've watched this, especially when it, the DVD came out, I was just oh, yeah. rewatching and rewatching. And then I showed it to everyone that I possibly could. Every person I could possibly show it to, who was at least a little bit interested in sitting down. I made them watch it. Um, I don't like, I it's so hard to explain what it is about this show because it's just like, it. it's not like it doesn't, it's not so much like any other sitcom that has ever existed that you could easily say like, Oh, this is like this, you know what I mean? Like.
0: Yet it borrows its premise is the most basic sitcom premise of all time. It's the will they won't They?
2: Exactly. But, and then it's like, everything that happens is so unexpected. Every character is so out there. Every circumstance that they're put in is so like theatrical, but like not like i don't know like everything is just sort of like is this actually happening what's actually happening is this real? like all of these little fantasy things that aren't actually fantasy but like i don't know it's just like a fun um i think i'm just rambling it's like the, well the,
0: this is the point of the podcast
2: yeah, be, yeah. I, like, I don't know if you know what i'm talking about like i do I'm,
1: I do. I do. I i ba- i wrote out, i wrote out what I'm going to say, but like that's basically what I'm which saying. Which is yeah. which is wild because it's like
0: 120 some odd episodes. Alice been on. He's never prepared. Never been prepared. Shit. <laughs> Ever. <No>. Ever. <laughs> he knew it was his last one. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I, I, I got to go. I,
2: I should have wrote down what I wanted what? to say because I have so much to say about space. Well,
0: well, this is the
1: place to do it. So,
0: uh, so, but like, well, why? So you I, like like me. I like you. Like me. Uh, like us. I have bought the box set for so many people. I've gifted that to so many people. Why is it a present that you give to people?
2: People have no idea what they're in for. Like, I don't know how to, I just don't know how to put it into words. But like, it—it it is a gift to give someone the show and say, like, you have never seen anything like this. You might not ever see anything like this again. It's so, so satisfying to watch. Because it's funny, it's in, it's action packed, it's, uh, it's it's emotional, it's 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 everything, and it does all of it at the same time. So it's not like you know, it's not like, it's like sappy in the way that it's emotional because it's funny at the same time.
0: That's one of the things for me that I I really loved about it was it's this hyper, and it, that goes a lot with like Edgar Wright and that crew does it's these hyper-realistic situations that are so rooted in like real stuff. Like, like, because it's all the fantastical world of our minds played out on screen. That's what I think it is. It's just, it's like we have these fantasies in our head and they're just kind of like having fun with it. And we've all been through breakups. We've all been through bad breakups. We've all been trying to move into new places and bound, and we've all listen, two journalists and a comedian. <laughs> you don't think we've financially struggled yet, somehow found a way to get hammered. This is we, we know how this we know how to do this. So it's like uh um, a lived in experience, I guess, in some ways for us, like we can relate to it. Well, one thing I want to ask you, Melissa, is as you go back and you think back in the series, like even if like we watch some shows from like Back in the day, as the kids would say, or as when I was a kid would say, <laughs> um, do you feel the show ever gets dated?
2: Um, You know, I think the pop culture references do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's only because, like, I'm, you know, I'm seeing this more and more as I'm getting older is like pop culture references don't really have the longevity that they used to. Um, you know, like when I was a kid, certain things that you'd see and hear jokes on TV and you're just like, I've never seen the movie that it's from, but I know what movie that's a reference to. And that's just like, not true about kids these days. Um, so I think, yes, the pop culture reference, but even, even, you know, there's actually a special feature on the DVD, uh, plugging further plugging the DVD, um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) for further plug, <laughs> plugging physical media. Well, yeah. listen, I know you're a big component of that. <laughs> um the uh
2: there there's a feature on the DVD called the homage meter.
0: That's right.
2: I and it right actually about that. points out to you every single time they're making a reference to something what it is a reference to. And I, watching it with the homage meter on, I'm like, "Okay, I got, you know, there could be a 100 references in an episode and I caught like 60 of them, but there are 40 more that I'm just like, "What?" There's they're yeah. so minute, too.
0: Yeah. And there's some that are very specifically British, like during the Robot Wars one, like, and she impersonates that presenter. Like, that's a real person that none of us know.
2: Yeah. (laughs) But it's a
0: funny scene. But I think if you watch Robot Wars, you probably would have understood it. Yeah. Uh, So, Al, obviously, like, like Melissa and myself, love Shaun of the Dead. It's your favorite movie. This almost was a Shaun of the Dead episode until which, we decided I, to I also love Shaun
2: of the Dead, and I, I would be glad to come for
0: that. I'll, I'll probably be watching Shaun of the Dead as soon as we get off. Because <laughs> I was going to keep all his answers very short, so he could do that.
1: The time of the season. Um, no, um, so yeah. So, what like, is it
0: about you that you love about the show? That you, when I said, "Hey, let's do this," you immediately jumped into a rewatch. Yeah. Like I've never seen you react to anything in life that fast. Listen, who and I've I, known you for 10 years.
1: I love a good rewatch, right? And there's <laughs> there's true. there are so there are so many shows that I've watched but I've not necessarily like rewatched. I think this is like third or fourth time for me for spaced. Um which doesn't seem like a lot for someone who's like super addicted to the show, but that's that's a lot man when you have when you have a kid and another one on the way and full-time job and Hobbies and all that kind of stuff. It's tough to like rewatch something 70 million times, but like it's like this and Scrubs and Seinfeld, and there's only a few shows that are like there for me, Parks and Rec, uh, especially comedy-wise. Um, but it's a perfect little show, man. It's two seasons, great characters, super funny. Um, it's a complete story that didn't need to be eight seasons. It didn't need to drag out and suck. It didn't, you know, it's it's 14 episodes that are just Not like 16,
0: like I said.
1: Yeah. We, no, I said 16 and I made you say sixteen. It's fourteen two seven episode seasons. So and you know, a space is both like a relic of the time period and a timeless series. It's such a weird combination because you know they're making references to the Phantom Menace, because that at the time oh my God. was was <laughs> was it's some of the best. He's I'm... had
0: to walk some of that back too. He's walked some of that back. I know, but especially was, since being in star wars
1: <laughs> since <laughs> but that that was timely at the time and they were young and they didn't give a shit right and it's just like you know it's crazy because the show was super ahead of its time and honestly like take the britishness out of it take the I, I, the I, the, I, the shitty take yeah. the shitty film like quality out because i i put it oh, on
0: i can't i can't because that's why i love that I love it. No, 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 no. So
1: much. I, I'm talking about for the outside looking in because, like, my wife was. I mean, with me as I'm rewatching it, and she's like, "What is this? Why are they so bad at acting?" I'm like, "No, no, no. They're British. Like, you don't get it." Like, <laughs> uh, this is them well, being British. I
0: don't think Megan is. This is her. She's not the target
1: audience. No, she she's not. But at the same time, it's like if you compare this to uh, comedies of like American comedies of that time, ninety nine, two 2001, oh. like compare this with friends like is friends doing the editing techniques or the you know, homages or the you know it just no, it's
0: no not. I, do, I don't 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 make me drop hot takes on
1: friends. <laughs> On this Listen, podcast because I, I i will derail the whole show this isn't a shit on friends podcast because that's a show will. that i've seen every episode of a million times as my am wife I, and, and I, my sister's favorite show of all time is friends i, I will shit on that, that there series is, all day there's truly <laughs> no comparison like of the comedies of that time and like you can almost make an argument sense of like a, a just a show that not only did whatever the fuck they wanted but like were are really good at it and and Inspired so much since then, and I also love it. And I'll I'll end on this: is I love it because you're seeing the beginning of the relationship between Wright and Frost and Peg and these all these creatives and collaborators who, you know, it's not technically their first time working together. It's probably like their third, I think, if you really go back. I've I've read Simon's I read Simon's autobiography. There's the asylum that they all worked, and uh, there's another one, Big Train. So. But Big Train wasn't great, but this is the work that pro- literally kickstarts and propels their career um, as collaborators, as creatives, and now we get to see Simon Pegg in Mission Impossible films and Edgar Wright directing like huge, big movies uh, that, and and he's still making stuff that no one else is making. So it didn't like it didn't launch him to like, oh, he made his little indie thing, and now he's going to go make a marvel movie which he almost did um but he's still making these super creative uh things and it all stems from his time on space um working with these guys so yeah i absolutely love this show
2: and you know i will say that my my mom is a really big friends fan that's her favorite show and when i bought this box set when i was in high school i bought the box set and i was watching it in the living room she sat down and watched it with me and loved it And I was very surprised because I was like, I did not think this was your speed at all. I, you know, she loves friends. And I was just like, they're kind of not the same at all. But she loved Spaced, like loved it. I
0: I convinced my uh, girlfriend, my roommate, and who went to boot this. Like I made, I sat them all down to watch it. I got our friend Logan to watch it, who has my bootleg copies. Um, And I, I think I got my dad to watch it. Uh, I, I, it's the try. Like Melissa, you said this is the one, and I don't think we see this a lot with American comedies outside of like stuff like uh, Tenacious D or Mr. Show or. I guess Tim and yeah Tim and Eric would fall under that too. Is just like these cult niche comedies that you're like, no, you have to watch. This is a joy to watch. But that was
1: also the time period too. Like that, this was exactly this was, this was the you can borrow my DVDs. This isn't like. It's streaming over here and you don't have 70 million other choices. It's like if true. I told someone right now, you should go watch Spaced on Freevee or the Roku channel. They're going to be like, no, I still have to watch like House of Dragons and uh, Rings of Power and then 70 other shows that people yeah. have been recommending to me over the last 10 years. We were in the DVD era. Like we can literally say, hey, my cousin Christian, here's this amazing thing. Please watch it and you know, give it back relatively soon. You never did
0: <laughs> before my child's first uh christening. Uh, please, please exactly. return. But I disagree, I think we did a podcast on a show just like that. Our flag means death. I feel like that was the, one of the very few exceptions it's, to that rule. It's
1: different because that's it, that's, is that's, different. Yes, that's word of mouth. That's people doing, um, you know, save the show Twitter threads and 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 you know you're seeing critical acclaim and you're seeing all of these things this was a british show yeah it's more obscure that more was obscure. imported to america like eight years later <laughs> like you know what i mean like in terms of the box set and everything like that so it's like it was such a weird kind of situation and again it's like oh you're gonna like this because you liked shawn of the dead or hot fuzz or whatever like it came out around the time of like hot fuzz, like 0708 when you mentioned, um, yeah, when Melissa mentioned it. So it's like, it's such a weird concept, but again, it's also from the time period of like, you should borrow my DVDs. Like I remember working at the bank and giving my friend the first few seasons of the office on DVD because the office really blew up and that was the way to watch it. You had to watch the DVDs and like, that's, we don't, we're not there anymore. It's strange. I can go watch every single episode of The Office right now if I wanted to. And I I'm, didn't have to go rent a DVD or ask someone to borrow it. That's, that's true. a different fucking time period.
0: Let's, I'm going to move one segment up real quick because we're talking about, you know, how this was our little treasure we passed on to people. And it was from a different time. There was a time when uh, this was going to be remade, like many a series in late, almost. Almost 15 years ago to the day, on October 29, 2007, Fox announced that they had purchased the rights to remake this show, and McG, who was a music video director and also did the Charlie's Angels movies, was going to be producing the show and writing it. And it was also later revealed that absolutely no one from the original show was going to be involved even with the creative process of this. Guys, do you remember this and the subsequent uproar from the internet saying no, this is a terrible idea. Melissa, I, I feel it. Yeah. What was that?
2: I watched it.
0: Wait, you watched it. The- it never made the air.
2: No, but they released clips from it.
0: I've never seen I I read the script. Will
2: Sasso was in it.
0: Who? Will Sasso. Was, was he Mike?
2: Yeah, he was.
0: Oh Christ. Bret yeah. Hart should have slapped that sharpshooter on way harder on him. It's <laughs> a reference only no, yeah, i I, I don't
2: know. I don't know. Um, let me see if it's I don't think it's still online, but I watched there was something about um something about cream puffs. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about.
0: There I remember the script leaked and I read it and it was bad. Um Al, do you remember this?
2: Yeah, okay, yeah. It's on, it's it's only a four minute clip. But do you know who Ben Lawson is? He is an actor.
0: Yes, um, but I can't remember why.
2: Um he was on did yes. you know have the cards?
0: No, he was on what's it called, right? Hustle Lies. Of the,
2: sorry, hustle Lies
0: No. He he was on Don't Trust the Be in 20. Oh, I no, yes. his
2: brother. No, wait, there's because there's two there's Ben and Josh. Maybe Josh is the one in the pilot, in the space pilot. But it's one of the Lawson brothers.
1: Oh,
0: I didn't even know they're brothers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um,
2: I think this might be Josh.
1: No. Okay. So I don't remember. I, I, I mean, may be in passing. I don't remember this specifically, but like, this is not, it's not uncommon. It, yes. it happened a bunch. Yeah, but. Uh, Movies, So, So TV shows, my question
0: like was, it. my question is, do you think, obviously it didn't happen. But would you want to see this show no, or do you God, think no. they could, could they ever recreate that magic? No.
2: No, 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 no,
0: no. Now I'll say I'll, I'll complicate the question. If the original cast got together, could they recreate the magic for a special or a limited series? Yeah. Would you guys be opposed to that? Cause they are opposed to that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I am opposed to it, but if they ended up changing their mind, I would see it, but Kind of on paper, I'm opposed to it. Yeah,
1: I would. I'm a. I'm a, I'm not a. I'm not opposed to it, but I don't. It's not necessary at, at this moment in time. Well, it's this, it's this not necessary. Is
2: like, um, in on that that little documentary on uh, um, on the DVD, there's that scene at the end where yes. it's like fast forward to whatever year and they have a baby together.
0: Yeah, that's why I don't ever want to see. Um, a third season because they ended that perfectly. That Tim and Daisy had a baby,
1: yeah. Because like, the
0: whole thing, the whole thing to yeah, say, but it it's, not
1: ep- it's not on the actual, it's not on the actual episode. No, it's it's it's
0: it's for the documentary that was made. The documentary actually wasn't made for the DVD, I don't think. I think it was a documentary that's made by so anybody.
1: I don't even count that as a real ending. Then, well,
2: well no, but it is the ending, okay? It's not,
1: they didn't put it in the
0: show. Well, no, I'm just saying it came back years later, and I said, like, if that's the only thing you're going to give us,
1: I'm fine no, with if, that. if 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 if. What I, if the final moments of the show is them together in the apartment happy, that's the ending. I don't need to, they could could never have gone together, in my eyes, and they could have gotten married, whatever. I don't, leave it up to the imagination, Mm -hmm. 22 years later or whatever, we don't need to see where these people are. They all look probably pretty great. And they're all just living it up. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't know. Like, I think I'm actually past the point of wanting reunions.
0: Oh, I agree.
1: I just I'm done. To see- like, I wanted them and then the pandemic kind of ruined them. And now I'm kind of done.
2: There was also, um, I agree. First of all, I agree. I'm I'm yeah. super over reboots and remakes and everything, but there was when the American space pilot came out, they wrote Like, Simon Pegg and and Jessica Stevenson and Edgar Wright, I believe, wrote a, like, episode, quote-unquote, that was, like, a reunion type of thing. That was, like, a... No one knows what I'm talking about here?
1: I believe I'm looking it up. I think
2: they... There was a commentary on the fact that they were trying to make an American space. And it was, like, a parody of Cloverfield, where they were all having a party. And...
0: Whoa, you you know, what, so much deep cut stuff on this, man. I got to, <laughs> I, I know what I'm doing after this podcast. I'm watching Show on the Dead, although I probably should. Um, I um, Are you
2: looking it up right now?
0: I'll, I am. I'll, so I remember when they asked Nick Frost, they're like, what do you think happened to Mike? And he said, Mike came out and he married Dexter, his, <laughs> his rival from the Territorial Army. And I'm like, that's the ending I want. <laughs> yeah.
2: For Mike. 100%.
0: I I mean, like, those two should be fighting robot wars in love forever. Yes. So, but also, like, let's, well, we are talking about just the launching of those careers, but there's also a ton of other people who appeared in this show who, before they were famous, for example, for instance, um, Paul K, who ended up becoming, who became Thoros of Mir, who uh, was able to resurrect people on Game of Thrones, including Beric Dondarrion. He was Hoover, the guy who had a vacuum, <laughs> and oh, of course, yes. Volva Vulv- was played by David Wise yes. of Little Britain, who is now like uh, I think a Britain's Got Talent. Uh, Ricky Gervais, of course, was on it. Um, Kevin Eldrin, who played uh in Hot Fuzz, uh, um, uh Mark Gaddis, who ended up being a writer and producer on Sherlock and Doctor Who, and, and Star.
2: I don't know if you know John Sims, but he yeah, John
0: Sim, yeah. He was in the one episode. He was the master in Doctor, Doctor who. who. Yeah. Um both... Oh, and he
2: was uh he was uh uh Sam Tyler on Life on Mars. I don't know if you ever watched Life on Mars. That's a really oh, good show.
0: And that came back. That that took me back. Um and of course, like we said, Pete Simmer Frimowitz, who went on to Guardians of the Galaxy and he did The Tick, which most I think you wrote about. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, I love the tick.
0: And um, of course. One thing about pizza from once, and I say we're going to talk about references a little bit later. There is that scene. I don't know if you guys know when they're in the bar and he fades back into the red and he starts talking about his revenge. Uh uh It's his uh direct quote Uh from when he was the voice of Darth Maul and the Phantom Menace, which is his first real acting credit. So that's pretty wild. We've talked a lot about what we love about. Actually, I never talked about what I love about space. I, uh, so what, I found about this was like, I could get real deep if I wanted to, cause I'm just that guy is I felt a connection. Like mostly and Al were saying like, there's this connection to these characters that I had not felt in a sitcom before. Like I felt like parts of me were in Tim and Mike and Brian. Um, I feel like there's like those three sides of masculinity are within every dude. And it all comes together in the, the finger gun scene. Um, I felt it it spoke to me as a mid-20 something who was a struggling creative that uh no other show had really spoke to me before. Uh I felt the pop culture references were brilliant as um you know they were dated, but they were like my high school and teenage years. Uh the PS1 stuff was great. Um I, I just felt that it was some one of the most creative things I had ever seen. But every time you watch the show, and I don't know if you guys agree with this or not, every time you watch Spaced, you will discover something new, Mm -hmm. whether it's a character or a joke or a bit of emotion. And time, I felt as watching it as a 40-year-old dad now, watching this, I'm just like, God, this is such not just a historical time capsule of pop culture, but it's a historical time capsule for anyone who was in their 20s and went through this. Like we went through this, we raged, we partied, we were struggling. We went through a lot and we daydreamed and we still do. And it's like, it's pretty wild that they were able to catch that, all that lightning in a bottle and make it something special. But let's now move on to our favorite episodes. Mm -hmm. So Al, since you were, I know which ones you're going to pick right away. Yeah. So I want to start with you first because I think you're gonna pick one of the my favorite episodes, which I am ready to talk about. Your top two episodes. Let's go with your first one.
1: So do I go two then one? You can go two then one. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So two would probably be episode four battles, which is the paintball episode. I just watched uh, that. Yeah. Which is, I mean. I'll let you get into it. Cause I know you, and you just watched it. So you can get into no, it. No, no, no,
0: no, no. It's not um, my time. It's not a top two for me.
1: It's not a top two. Uh, yeah. I love, I love that episode in, in season one, um, because you get to see this sort of like, again, we have two seasons with the characters. So it's tough to see a lot of not necessarily tough, but growth and resolution because we don't get a lot of time with them, but we get to see him kind of get, you know, revenge slash, um, some sort of acceptance not really with um Dwayne and um it's just Mike being Mike so I'm all about it it's a great episode um and then I think if we're not all in agreement here on number 1 I don't I don't know what we're doing here but it's it's epiphanies epiphanies oh. is the best it it's so it's the um <laughs> the best <laughs> it's the um I'm trying to do the comparison, but I can't can't remember the name of the exact episode, but um, uh, don't blink. It's it's it's, it's the, the it's it's blink, it's the blink of of uh space. So well, let's 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 say I this. mean I'll, I'll it's, unpack the, that. Ga-
0: it's the gateway drug. I'll pon, unpack upon a hundred percent intended for space, yeah. much like blink, which is a famous episode of Doctor Who Dr. Who, yes, David Tennant era, um which Carrie Mulligan was also like the first time there was a big breakout performance for her. It's um, basically her in the whole episode, and it's a fantastic... Yeah, it's such. If a you've weird never watched Doctor Who, you can get into the series by watching this.
1: Well, that's the annoying thing, too, is you say that, and it's 1,000 million percent accurate, but at the same time, oh, I know it's, it's uh, not a representation of Doctor no, Who. It's just... Not know. It,
2: it, it makes it, it look like a better show than it is. I'll just say
1: it. <laughs> that's... <laughs> Honestly, does. fair, but
0: <laughs> because it's just like at that, it's just like here's a guy in a trench coat and chucks running around with timey-wimey stuff, and it's yeah. just like, and except when you get to the finale, then you just cry for days on end. But it's like, and then Kyla Minogue randomly is on the Titanic. I mean, it's like that's the show, but yeah. Blink is one of the best episodes of TV in general,
1: yeah. And I, I wouldn't say that specifically with uh, Epiphanies, no. but it's but representative but the everything about that episode is so enjoyable and fun and funny and then it builds up to this literally builds up with the music to this incredible moment at the end um which it's it's crazy it's also like just looking back on it's crazy that they were able to make an entire episode about that about raves and clubs and drugs and parties and your your one friend who is just that's that's their entire existence like it's such a fun fucking episode i love that it's so good um but yeah that's season one that's the two for me
0: i i have and many a wedding and bar have done the two hands in front of me like (laughs) moving back and forth like mike's Mike's
1: dance dance
0: moves i have done also done the shapes that uh tim does um, there's, a I I that was one of the episodes I watched. I'm like, holy shit. I say way too much.
1: Yeah. This there's, episode. there's other parts of that episode that I'll get into in later segments.
0: I do often say pack your party packs, people. This is going to be a large one to the point where I say it so much. I forgot where I got it from because <laughs> I just assumed I made it up. You did Sm- smarter smart. It's, it's mostly the stuff I think I make up. It's somebody else. Um, Melissa, what are your two favorites?
2: Well, Daisy is my favorite character. I, um,
0: I thought she might be.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, you were saying that you have such a attachment to Tim and Mike and, and Brian and, like...
0: Well, less, a little less Brian.
2: A little yeah. less Brian. But, you know, Daisy is mm-hmm. such a, like... I mean, I I I watched the show when I was in high school. And she was, like, a very important, like, character. Yeah. For me, because I had never seen anyone as funny or as interesting as Daisy before, Um, so my favorite episodes are are actually the two, in my opinion, I think the most Daisy centric episodes: Um, Art, episode three, episode Volva. The scene where where Daisy gets high (laughs) and goes on the job interview is, I think, overall my favorite scene of the entire series. Is
0: that the as um? Is that when she's like. Girl power and she yeah. says it. Uh so I've had those moments in job interviews where I've been like, just don't say this. And I say it and I'm just like, that was my girl power moment.
2: Yeah, yep. And when she's in my uh <laughs> one of my favorite lines on the show are when she's sitting in the waiting room and she's high as hell and she's like, I almost didn't make it here. I was followed by a squirrel, must have seen him six or seven times. And the woman interviewing her is like, maybe it was six or seven different squirrels. And then she like she sees the, the she like witnesses an interaction between the woman interviewing her and the other woman in the waiting room where she's like, oh nice shoes are those patrick Cox's And as she's leaving the interview she's like stops and looks at the girl who's sitting there and she's like maybe next time you should get your own shoes and she walks <laughs>
1: <out>. <laughs> it's jokes like that that make this show so goddamn unique <laughs>
2: oh <laughs> just her entire performance and that entire oh,
1: yeah. scene. she's, incredible in this
2: she's so funny and then like the scene where um when she gets the she gets the letter in the mail and she thinks like oh maybe they did like me maybe they'll maybe they'll hire me just you know they like having me around the office i'm good for the office dynamic because she's just like quirky and dumb and messes everything up all the time i felt
0: that way too yeah
2: i know (laughs) i have felt that way at work before uh but um that's definitely my favorite episode Episode. I mean, besides that, even just like it's like I'm going so in on day on the Daisy storyline in that episode, but that episode oh. has so much else going on, and is the episode that inspired Shaun of the Dead.
0: Correct. I love Daisy's procrastinations at all times oh yeah they're the best though there was uh also I love the scene where she breaks up with the, her boyfriend who I only remember is like, I love you Daisy Duke uh, and um she has the scene where she's like dressed up like Audrey Hepburn and she's just like I have no time for you and then it cuts to her just all crying boogered and she's like no and it just cuts back to him and she's like you told me to tell him I was cheating on him and he's like Oh wow, well. <laughs> and I'm just like that's such a dick thing to say, but it so fits Tim
2: yeah. and it fits Daisy too. Like oh. and also she like she she cheated on him with like the mailman.
0: The paper when she the makes when boy. she tries to I love the paper boy, the paper boy stuff because that guy show, also shows up in Game of Thrones <laughs> much later. He gets he tries to help um Sophie Turner's character escape. Before the wedding to Joffrey and gets killed. And I kept looking at him like, that's the paper boy who made <laughs> that with Daisy. <laughs> so
2: She just cheated on him with the paper boy.
0: Oh, my God. She
2: was on drugs, like, you know.
0: Um. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll come back to that question.
2: Okay, well, my uh, second episode, yeah. season two, episode five, gone.
0: Okay, just got to remember that one.
2: That's the one where they they get Daisy and Tim. uh They go to the bar. They hang out. They oh. go bar hopping.
0: Oh um, uh, yeah, I always forget that's the name of it. I always just call it
1: the Finger Guns episode. Yeah, yeah. so that's that's my second favorite of season two. So do you have two? Do you oh, have two oh, for season okay. one. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I just was saying in general. I didn't...
2: Oh, okay. Hold on. Oh
1: I th- no, you said our top two episodes from each season. <laughs>
0: Guess who doesn't read his own notes, man. Seriously. Uh, hey, <laughs> I'm man. more prepared than
2: you. Well, then, then it would be battles. It would be battles. It would see, my, my second favorite episode of season one would be battles for sure. Um, great, great Dwayne Benzie moments in that episode. Love, I love, I'm going to jump ahead here and say my favorite character is Dwayne Benzie. Um But uh,
0: I can't believe you said that. I can't believe it either. <laughs> and I love how he always coughs afterwards. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> That's like, one thing about the show too is like they know how to remember their jokes, and it's just like we're gonna cut back to that. And it, because the Brian thing is just obviously they re-edit that scene back into everything, but just the Dwayne Menzie coughing is always yeah, the best.
1: They they had some of the best comedic continuity for 100 percent of a show. Yeah.
0: Okay, so but- Melissa, your favorite uh, episode of season two, uh, second favorite episode was was gone. I cannot get over that the Daisy Tim scene where they talk about their night specific nights out and how it's art. That's the other thing crazy about this thing is like hers is done in all still photographs, his is done in comic style. Yeah, it's like
1: also also another preview of of a device that Edgar does in Shaun of the Dead. It's it's the go, go go to bombs kill Phil. Go to the Winchester. Have it's the same concept. All yeah. over? Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I I could also recite the movie if you want, but we, we don't have we don't have time, Melissa. Uh, I, I need to know about
0: your thoughts on the two finger guns scenes.
2: Oh, I mean, wait, are you talking about in the in the original and in the American remake? Because no, they no, do-
0: no, I oh. don't. We can't sell those scenes with Americans. <laughs> the Americans could not have got it done right. Um, but th- I to me. The everyone talks about the original one between Mike, Tim, and Brian.
2: No, the one at the end with Daisy Starts is my favorite. I mean, that is poetry. <laughs>
0: I I love that. Al, oh, which one's your favorite one? Because the we everyone shares the first one on social media. But well, that second one is so fucking good.
1: You don't get the payoff for the yeah. second one without the first one because it establishes yes. that every man has this thing, this this uh uh, I forgot how Mike describes it, but he basically says, like, this like, psychological, connection. psychological connection. And
2: yeah, even Brian was doing it. But
1: the great thing is the payoff of <laughs> um, <laughs> what you say?
2: Even no. Brian was doing it.
1: well. That was the whole point. <laughs> bang. <laughs> bang, 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 <laughs> bang. Um, no, um, the great thing is the payoff at the end with yeah. Daisy doing it because it just shows that Daisy is not like any other woman, Daisy is one of them like he she is so psychologically connected to them because she's an outsider and quirky and all everything that you just said before but at the same time it's like she is not like everyone else she is different and she has this connection with these guys that's why they're she's able to cohabitate with tim and not have like this you know constant like uh need to ruin it by having sex and and trying to make this like the will they won't they aspect of it is not really prevalent and I just love that kind of cements it, and it's literally one of the you know final episodes of the series. It's just like yeah, like they're they're just friends forever, and they're she is a person just like that. I can't explain it any other way, but it's just it's just such a good payoff because you don't see anyone else doing it, any other women doing it. It's she's doing it, and he specifically says, "I remember that it's like a male thing." Yeah, connection between
0: male that. psyches. There you go. Right, <laughs> because so Brian just, makes the thing about uh, the, um. Uh, women's menstrual cycles, um, psych, uh, you know, uh, syncing up, and then they're like, okay. It then then Mike is like, oh, men have that too. And then Tim's like, what? And then they are like, what? And then he's like, shall we show him? And he's oh like, God, I don't fuck. Agree. I the best part of the second fight, Melissa, besides Daisy falling down and spraying the gun everywhere, yep. is the guy, the reason she falls down is because the one guy, <laughs> he can't, it's a kind of revolver. He can't get it to close and he just chucks oh, it yeah. at her. Yeah, and just it's it. just like, but Jessica Stevenson on the commentary said her favorite one is for the one guy who goes, but he's making <laughs> yeah. the blood thing. And I've done that too. It was like, like this and she's like she says she didn't know he did that till she watched it for the first time and she said she had she died yeah. laughing and apparently also the, the mini cab guy they got was like a, a singer but like in a like a really shitty bar singer was trying to get on the show more and work in his routine into the show and they're like no you can't do that please stop <laughs> um what's your other favorite one from season uh, season two
2: um mine has definitely changed the one where Tim gets fired from the comic book shop and him and Daisy go to uh, the welfare office to get uh, employment.
1: Also oh, I love the I love the 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 completely different um like <laughs> how 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 he, he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm with the you know, new uh new claims. He walks in, he's like, Yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't like the Phantom Madness and she's like, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> like that's amazing that's so great and like and the daisy face, daisy just face, keeps getting fucked over
2: the face that the guy makes that daisy talks to when she hands him the form and he's like this is the wrong form this, <laughs> and like she's just like well where do i get the other form and he just looks at her like come on and she's like he won't help her he's just yeah. like you don't know where to get the form and she just walks away and he's <sighs> so rolling funny. his eyes at her i'm like jesus the difference is just is so funny. Perfect.
1: It's, um and you know, it, it reminds me going back to another show I love, Seinfeld. There's a great episode um, when they're at the airport and Jerry and Elaine, uh, Jerry's in first class and Elaine is at like in coach or whatever. Oh, yes. And it's, they're, they're just flashing back and forth to both of their experiences. And like Elaine's in the middle seat, she's getting crushed. <laughs> they forgot her food. And, <laughs> they're bringing like champagne and like fresh cookies and stuff to to Jerry, <laughs> and they're like, uh "Would you like more of uh, more anything?" And he goes, "More everything." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like it's the
1: same concept.
0: And
1: I just, is I'm that a sucker also, for that.
0: Is that also the one where Kramer and the uh, the guy with the cowboy hat are like betting on arrival times? Or is that different no
1: diff- different airport one? But yes, great this great episode. No, that's uh, the sides. I'm gonna I have to go into this now because it's bothering me. Um, George is supposed to pick them up and he's trying to get he's trying to get the the credit for for the pickup and that the switches airports and then Kramer uh, thinks that he sees his old roommate who owes him money on the plane um, or in the airport and then literally convinces George to buy tickets to get on the plane. And yeah, there's a whole hilarity ensues. Please go watch it. I'm plugging Seinfeld. This is where (laughs) I'm at now. I, I mean, that's
0: one of the, I mean, Northern Exposure, Seinfeld, X-Files, there's a lot of, you know, stuff that's influenced this show. Melissa, um, did we get to both your uh, episodes? Yeah. Two? Okay, so it's up to me. I'm going to, of course, Battles is one of my favorites as well. Um, it's just, it's just so good. It just, Mike in that episode is perfect. And that it is, is, this is, I mean, when he gets uh, the the, the oh, part yeah. where he jumps and gets <laughs> shot and then he's dying in Tim's arms and then like snap cut to them walking out then he <laughs> then he speaks spanish like quoting the, doing the end of the terminator um is great um just everything about him in this episode is just utterly perfect and it's what it makes this episode great and of course Dwayne Benzies. um but my favorite episode of season 1 might not be a popular choice. It's not one you guys chose, but it's actually the first episode. And the reason I say that is because it sets the tone for the whole series for me. Yeah. Um, and it's a perfect
2: pilot. It just is a perfect, it's a perfect first episode. The,
0: the intercut. Yeah. And, and it's the intercut. And that's what really blew mine because I had seen the Tim and Mike uh, paintball, the you know, the paintball death. I had seen the finger guns stuff. I'd seen that online. But I had never seen the pilot. And when I saw it and how they just intercut where you think Tim and Daisy are talking to each other and it's just actually Sarah and some vagrant um, that she throws a bit of change to. Um, Just a wonderful moment. (laughs) here's a bit of change. Um, It showed me this show was going to be unlike anything I had ever seen before the whole beginning where the whole meet cute and they do the thing from green card, literally from the movie green card where they take these pictures and it, which is an Andy McDowell real movie with Andy McDowell and Gerard Dupperdue. And like, they fake their whole history together to for him to get a green card. Um, they do all that. And I'm like, this is so creative. Like, I'm like, I can't believe how creative this is. And they're just taking the simplest, you know, sitcom trope of all time will they won't they from who's the boss to you name it throughout the 90s and 2000s and they make it work in such a unique way because you know eventually there might this might happen but it's doing it's like this kind of this con and people just trying to go through their collective 20 somethings traumas together and trying to make a life together and they have to con their way into 23 meteor street to do it and i'm like this is the greatest show I've ever seen in my life. I'm just like, I can't believe I just watched 20 minutes of pure genius right here. And all the movie references in there too. And actually um, in the making of, they were supposed to do more with the twins that were in the closet. That was supposed to, they were supposed to be recurring characters. And after they did it the first time, they're like, we can't make them recurring characters. This joke, this joke was a one-time joke
1: but there's a, no it's not it's a, they bring it back in the last episode of the last season that's right
0: yeah but i mean they could, in the they, they were supposed to be the twins were actually supposed to be in multiple episodes so i don't think i'm glad they didn't do that um season 2 is i think al you've said this too unless i don't know if you've heard this or not season 2 is my favorite season
2: oh yeah definitely
0: okay so i'm going to go with um wait hold on Well, I was gonna say, yeah, I picked those episodes because Al picked Epiphanies, which is the greatest. It's single-handedly one of the greatest TV shows of all time. So I can't episodes of all time. I can't even pick it. Uh, But those are my two other favorites. So I'm gonna go with um, in season two. I'm gonna go with. um, Gosh, give me one second. Is I'm gonna go with my number two is going to be uh, is going to be gone. So I we're all that. all
1: in agreement that "Gone" is the second best
0: episode of season. But to- my first pick is gonna not be with the one you guys picked. "Gone" also has one of my favorite throwaway lines in the series where Sophie is talking to Tim. She's like, we had a misprint on the cover of one of our issues. Thank you. And I'm just, I've, I've I've watched this with people and they don't get the joke. And I'm so glad yeah. you guys laughed. And they're like, he's like, which one? And they're like, total cult. And I, when I heard that the first time, I stopped watching, I paused it and I just died laughing. I've shown this this episode to so many people and people look at me like, I don't get the joke. And then I have to explain the joke and they're like, oh, okay, that wasn't... I'm like, no, it's hilarious. (laughs) It's the best joke. And um, here's what I'll I'll, I'll ask this question because this was a question that came up or a topic that came up when this this show was airing live. Sophie is a very interesting character because we all are rooting for Tim and Daisy. But where do you guys stand on Sophie as a character? Because she's pretty awesome. She seems really nice. What do you guys think of Sophie? Would you have been upset if they had gone, well, Tim's going to end up with Sophie?
2: Well, I think they purposely made Sophie the absolute coolest person possible because I thought she was super cool and I was kind of sad for, I was like, I wanted it to be Daisy, but I can't be mad because Sophie is perfect for Tim also.
0: Yeah, because Sarah sucks. We know that. She's the worst.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything was, his whole life got better the, the moment Sarah dumped him.
0: Yes, Uh, Al. What was your thoughts on Sophie? uh, You know, angling in on the whole Tim and Daisy territory.
1: Controversial hot take. I do not root for Tim and Daisy. Like at all. Like I
0: don't. This is now your floor, sir.
1: Sorry. So so no, no, no.
0: it's perfectly fine. No, so we love the show. Sophie
1: is like his. It's like literally his dream girl.
0: As a father of a daughter named Sophie, all Sophies pretty much are perfect human beings.
1: Not to say that he like was going to end up with Sophie, but like that is a more, it makes more sense to me than Tim and Daisy because from the get, from the start, from the moment you meet both of these characters, they are two of the most selfish human beings (laughs) I've ever seen on TV. It's too, too self-absorbed in their head and like like they have no plans for the future no vision for themselves it's just living and existing and I don't think that makes a good couple I think they are great friends because they're always pointing each other's flaws out that isn't the best relationship I don't believe it I really don't they're two alike and I'm a very opposite attract kind of uh, person because I, I married someone Who's the complete opposite of me and we've been together For like 15 years no 15 Plus now at this point so Yeah I did, I did I've, lo- I, I've No I'm, I'm, you don't have to but I've lost Track in terms of like because we've been together since 07 so it's
0: 15 Years so.
1: oh yeah I was right there you go. <laughs> 15 years oh yeah so it's I, the easy Way to remember is five years married 15 Years together which is crazy um, But yeah, anyway uh, yeah So I just never saw them at them when I see them at the end of that show, I see that Tim has lost potentially the love of his life, but he knows that he can't do anything about it. It's a dream job and he would have done the exact same thing. He ends up with his he ends up reconciling with his best friend and that's it in my eyes. Uh, but again, I, I'm that's just how I see it.
0: I I root for Tim and Daisy, but I completely see your point. And I think it's a great, I know, I can't believe I'm saying this Patrick. It's a great point. Thanks. (laughs) I look at what's um, actually Melissa, I want your take on this first.
2: Well, you know, I, I root for Tim and Daisy, but I, you know, like I said, Sophie was perfect for him. And I, I was kind of sad, you know, that that didn't really work out and I didn't, Necessarily think at the end of season two that you know that the implication was that like oh okay finally they realized that they want to be together. I think obviously in the the documentary we were talking about there is that skip to the end where yeah oh
0: that's the name of the documentary yeah, yeah.
2: um that's there's that moment where it shows them it's they're literally they're skipping to the end and they had a baby and they're they're living they're still living there and they have a baby um, so I was like okay and then they're together like I. I was just like, okay, there it is. Like, I wasn't, I didn't really put a lot of stock into it, if it makes any sense. I knew they either will or they won't get together, and either way, they they really like each other.
0: <laughs> I am team Tim and Daisy, because I feel like what happens with them is, ow, oh, you're correct. When they meet each other, they're very selfish. They're very, you know, wh- you know rudderless. But I think they... And they, they can be very blunt and, and sometimes a little mean to each other. But I think that was the whole thing about being strangers. And over time, they realized that they were the ones they needed for each other because they were each other. They put each other on the right path in a lot of ways. Like Tim is now working for, he's now got the dr- job of his dreams. He's working for a comic label now. Daisy is writing. Like they they believe in each other as much as they're, you know, they're self, they. Tim believes in Daisy Daisy believes in Tim and I think they support each other and they've supported each other and she, Daisy has helped Tim move on from Sarah and he's helped she's you know she says you have a, a v big problem with your ex-g friend you know in one of my favorite weird lines of the show and he helps her realize that you know she needs to get off her ass. And that like there's that one, one episode, she's like, why is everyone talking about my ass? It's just like, you need to get up and do stuff. And they've motivated each other. And I think they've grown as people in a lot of ways. And that fight in the finale, I think, gets a lot of the bullshit they had out. And I think they do end up together because I think they do realize they are right for each other. However, I do see your point too, is maybe they are better friends than they are romantic partners. And I think that's something that I think they said that in the documentary, it's a bit open-ended and that's what I like about it too, because we can all interpret it the way we feel fit and there's no wrong answer. Mm-hmm. So that's and, for sure.
2: Yeah. Like what I was trying to say was kind of like, I don't know if I care if they're friends or if they're in a relationship, either way, I know they're going to be together forever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, agreed. They're never going to stop being close. That's all I really care about. I just That's like that true. they're together in any capacity.
0: So my favorite episode of season two, um, did I even get into my No, I didn't even get into my favorite two. Uh, oh no, sorry. I said gone. And then I'm going to go with help, uh, which is another tires episode because tires is, one of the best characters in this show. It's okay, the so this Ma- is my
1: this is my pick too. Uh, it's
0: the it's the it's the Matrix episode. It's amazing. There are so many great moments in this episode um, with Tim Tires and Mike. Um, I love the fact they do this whole elaborate ruse just to find out that Mike knew the security guard (laughs) and could have got them in with no problem. It's a joke. I totally forgot. Me too. And when it happens, I was like,
1: oh uh, me! oh my, holy shit.
0: um, They also play into um, Mike eating the Nescafe instant coffee for no apparent reason is great. Um, Everything with with Tim being very flustered and sweaty around Sophie and her revealing the picture, you're just like the classic sitcom moment of, oh, Tim got busted. And she's like, actually, I'm going to keep this one. What are you doing on Friday? And everyone's like, we are all Tim in that moment. We're like, wait, what? Is that? <laughs> is, that ha- is this is happening? Okay. Um, every, and again, everything with Tyres is just a godsend. He is one of the great characters. Um When uh, the great line is, uh, you know, you know, riding on your bike, speeding through night, he's like, I've sped through the night before. And I'm just like, (laughs) yeah, I've used that line a few times. Uh, It's it's one of my favorite episodes, especially when they ask, Mike, how do we get in? And he goes right to they use the propeller head song from the Matrix. They walk in with the machine guns and it just focuses on Mike because that's what (laughs) he would do. Um, Yeah, so. That was, that's my favorite one, hands down. So let's move on to, uh, let's move on to our favorite characters. I mean, our favorite side characters. Actually, I want you to pick your favorite character. Well, you know, both you've said, Daisy, I've already kind of said Tim and Mike, but Mike's really my favorite character. And Al, your favorite character, like main character.
1: I mean... That's tough, man. It depends on the day, like, and especially we're doing the rewatch. Uh, Brian has like so many funny little moments that you they really get passed over with like first, second, third viewing, and then you really go back and like hear some of his little things and little jokes. And um, yeah, I I I think it's probably it's probably Tim, Mike, um, Daisy, Brian. The, the cast the, the whole fucking cast man the, it's great everyone's great it's a it's a perfect show um but yeah best side character you already brought him up tires is so funny he is you know that it's the, the problem with american television besides a lot of different things or d- the difference with american so television much. is there's more opportunities because shows are usually longer for you to see your favorite side characters pop up over and over and over again like I mean, John, John Ralphio from Parks and Rec, maybe the greatest side character of all time. Um, you can also make a, uh, an argument for uh, Rafi um, from The League, where you can do another Jason Manzucas character with Pimento from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Like, there are so many like great, especially male side characters. Um, Tires is right up there with just like, I'm going to come into this show with all these pre established people and just. Just take all the spotlight away from them. Um, that's a great side character, one that's very entertaining, fun. You love every moment they're on screen. And when he pops up again in season two, you're so happy because you know it's just gonna be more tires. Like the 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 end credits of season two, where he's stuck at the traffic light because he can't stop dancing to the the all the beats of the cars <laughs> and, the, and the honking of the horn is like this is incredible. It's such he's such a great side character.
0: But also like somehow is also the most responsible character
1: oh yeah because everyone borrows money from him he's the most responsible but he's so mean but (laughs) he can't he can't control his fucking mood swings you know
0: (laughs) so it's like that's what i mean he's mean about it but he's like also like kind of right in a lot of ways like definitely right but mean yeah um I, Melissa you've talked about Dwayne Benzies Just a little bit Dwayne, I would, Benzie.
2: Dwayne Benzies like, Clearly he's one of the best characters If everyone immediately jumps to doing The impression of him it's true. Because it's, it's just we,
1: can't, we can't do a good tires though I think yeah. anyone could do a good Dwayne Benzies Or Peter Serafinowicz to, to, In general By the way interviewed him at Comic Con a few years back He is the tallest man
2: I'm In the world He looks like he is
1: <laughs> I'm just like Great to meet you. <laughs> surprised I didn't break my neck.
2: He, I love that character. I love the idea of, like, he is the exact polar opposite of Tim. And Tim has this, I guess, just because he's dating Tim's ex, that he feels this, like, competitiveness with him. That's just so out of place for, like, the rest of Tim's life and who he is as a person. Like, it just well, He was. Like- he was
1: also Tim's friend yeah before yeah that's right. before yeah before, that's right. before Danny. yeah and, and he have, a dick
2: yeah they have such an animosity towards each other and it's so funny like it's such a good foil for tim it's such a good like okay we want to have an episode where tim gets really 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 pushed to his limit like dwayne benzie is bothering him it's just a funny character to go to to just kind of drop in on like that and he's always up to something and he's always being an asshole <laughs>
0: i, I still say well we'll get into uh, let's get into the lines we still use in real life because i often say the clever boys <laughs> like <laughs> i've used that one uh i've used pack your party bags it's going to be a large one um oh, what else have i used slice of fried gold which i don't know is that Shaun of the dead or is that spaced no it's, that's that's of the dead um skip to the end. I cannot begin to tell you how many times on a conversation with my mom I've said where she's going. I'm like, uh, skip to the end, please. And uh, it's just because it's a long story involving, the end. Uh, involving seven different people's cousins, relatives, and cats. And I don't care. Um, I'm just trying to think, what are other some lines like that your favorite, uh, the Total Cult one, too, is one of my favorite lines. Some of your guys' favorite lines uh, or lines that you... And lines that you say in real life So Melissa I'm going to start with you
2: Yeah as you're saying that I just I'm thinking to myself Oh my god And I'm waiting for you guys to say what What I have
1: Oh Jaffa cakes
2: Jaffa cakes That line when he's like oh my god and I'm like what he's like I've got some Jaffa cakes in my coat pocket Yay!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah That was great Um, I, Are they all high at that point Or wasted? I don't remember. There's a reason they're, like they're super excited.
2: They were watching Star Wars. I know that, right? They were yes. watching Star Wars together.
1: Yes. Okay. All right. Um, any other lines?
2: Hmm. Uh off the top of my head, I can't think of any that I say a lot in conversation, but yeah. I definitely quote Daisy in the job interview a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my favorite scene. And every single thing she says is so funny.
1: There's no lines that I like quote. Two people or whatever because again no one's seen the show (laughs) outside of like my friend circle Um, so it would just go over their heads but when during this most recent rewatch I was trying to just take notes of like things that made me really laugh really hard one from Change season two was Jar Jar Binks makes the Ewoks look like fucking Shaft (laughs) great line great great line line. Um,
2: perfect line
1: and uh, another one that I really liked was from Help, which was, don't worry, Daisy. Tim's just really angry at you because you've just jeopardized his future. <laughs> it was just like the polar opposite of like what a normal sitcom would say. Like, oh, don't, don't worry, Daisy. Like, you, you know, try, try to console her. <laughs> you didn't console her at all. Um, also, uh, the interaction between... Um, when tim's daydreaming and they hit the biker <laughs> so, what's the holdup there's been an accident someone got hurt who a lady how do you know because we hit her did we yeah that's her there so ah it's just like, <laughs> like that's fantastic and i know that's a that's also like a super like that's like a deep cut kind of like movie reference to with, with yeah, I,
2: I don't know what, but I know it, yeah. is, it definitely is. I mean, so many of the jokes on that show are just references because yeah. we're like, Oh, this is a quote from space that we like, but like, it's probably not, it's probably from something else, and yeah. they just put it into space,
1: yeah. Um, one of the
0: other things I always say is, um, Volva often talks about putting, he's like, Pudding, like, oh. says it like that, and I'm just like, I am like, I made pudding, I'm like, mm, Pudding, and she's just like. Why do you quote that? <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> I don't know. It's just what I uh, just what I do.
1: Um, do you want to get into favorite needle drops?
0: Yes. Let us get into it. one thing about an Edgar Wright production is music is vital. Uh, if you ever listen to any interviews with him, he has iPods it's like still full of music that he's put together for his different films, for different movie ideas and stuff he's writing. This is bonkers and Edgar Wright actually curated a spotify playlist uh for spaced. So if you want to go out it's like Edgar underscore Wright. um I'm just trying to get back to it it's uh yeah Edgar underscore it right it is spaced Dash the soundtrack 1999 2001 uh yeah. and like I said Edgar underscore right you can look that up and it's got it's a almost 50 song playlist of all the stuff that was played in there. Um, so guys, what was your favorite song from this
1: uh i'll I'll go real quick so I love and I'm going with the two most like popular potentially slash like people will know these so in um epiphanies, the reason like one of the subplots of the episode is is um Brian had a bad experience back in 1983 at a club. <laughs> bar where everyone is is like singing and like <laughs> The it's the music is pumping up and pumping pu- pumping up of Come on Eileen by uh Dixie Midnight Runners I believe Dexy's been right. Mid- yeah. so close so close Dixie Midnight Runners super one hit wonder. Um and it's great. It's fantastic. Um so I do love that. That's my probably my second favorite needle drop but the first one again it, it like British Super like inside baseball. Um, the season finale, the series finale, oh, of uh, course, in season two. Um, the beginning is an homage to another British series and the theme song they use. Uh, the, the series is called The Royal Family, it was a BBC sitcom that I've never wasn't, seen.
0: Wasn't she and wasn't Jessica Stevenson in that?
1: Who, who's to say I, that would require more? Re- I know that wouldn't... would. That would require more research for me to do, and I don't want to. So, um, and it's Oasis. I'm a huge Oasis fan, huge, specifically Noel Gallagher Oasis, like, singing. Me too. He's my favorite.
2: I prefer him too.
1: Same. (laughs) Half the World Away, um, which is a fantastic song. Um, And I can do a whole deep dive podcast about how the B-sides to Oasis singles are better than all the Oasis singles I would agree And, with you. and if he had just saved them for a third album They would be the biggest band in the world Because they would have had three perfect albums in a row Anywho uh, uh, Yes, Melissa, by we're, the way, way we're, Jessica, we're doing that podcast, by the way Jessica
0: Stevenson uh, was in Royal Family
1: <laughs> Melissa, you were totally invited To the the Oasis podcast Which is going to just be me, you, and Cat Manos Just talking about Oasis
0: perfect. I I I just, mean, I'll, just, I'll make the cameo for Fucking in the Bushes is my one of my favorite songs <laughs> yeah. of all time <laughs> No we'll, we'll, one like, sings in
1: it <laughs> That's right, and they'll be like, "Bill, please leave." Um, so yeah, I, those are
2: a huge Oasis fan when I was uh, growing up. Still, um, <laughs> still am, but I was so and Noel's my favorite. I preferred his songs. I like better.
1: The great, the greatest interviewer of all time. Oh Inter, yeah, interview interviewee. Yeah, interviewee. He's the best. Interview subject would be good.
2: interview subject. Whatever. Um, when you asked this question, I, immediately, obviously, I was like. Come on, Eileen, Dexie's Midnight Runner. I mean, that scene is perfect. Um, but when I opened the playlist to see what other picks I had, immediately the first one I saw was The Weekend Starts Here by Fatboy Slim. And I'm like, that song is the show. Like, I hear that song and I think immediately of space.
0: Yeah, and I didn't even know it was Fatboy Slim until I opened that playlist today as well. <laughs> Uh, for me, it's, um, I mean, the Propeller Heads uh, song from the Matrix being used here is like a great pull. But for me, uh, also the fake Ewok song that Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and Edgar Wright sing in the background um, at one point is also awesome. Yeah. But I have two. One is Smash It by Fuzz Townshend. Uh, unfortunately, you can't listen to it on Spotify. But um, it's great, and the other one is "Legal Man" by uh, Bell and Sebastian. Uh, both of those songs, like I can't even place the episodes they're in, but they are just like that late '90s, early 2000s Bohemian sort of electronic indie rock type stuff that just is perfect. That just lives in this world of Northern London bars and struggling to get by. Now, Al you had a little fun music tidbit that you wanted to uh,
1: talk. About. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, if anyone's listened to this podcast before, like, you know, we were just a few minutes ago talking about muse. Um, I, there's a lot of British bands that I absolutely adore, uh, Coldplay being one of them. If you're a fan of all of this stuff, you'll know that, uh, Coldplay, Chris Martin, that whole band has a huge connection to, uh, Peg and Wright And frost. Um, in the um, help episode in season two, uh, when Sh- uh, film said Sean, when Tim is at the urinal with the guy that's gonna beat him up in a little bit or attempt to, um, you can see a poster in the background of like a club in or, or a venue music venue in the UK and some of the artists on there. It's like, it's who it's like who would be playing like Webster Hall now like that probably that size venue and it's like Muse. Doves, Elbow, Coldplay And it's just like all of these great British bands I'm like, oh man, what a time to be alive <laughs> I wish I, I was I had
2: the same thought when I saw that poster yeah. In the background on that scene I was like, wow, all those bands that's
1: oh, Imagine be- imagine just being there And that's like them at like Think about this, this is 99-2000 Coldplay breaks big with yellow In 99 Or 2000 um, is really when it uh, breaks big Like it's huge muse muse doesn't have um like the twilight boom yet this is like pre pre that so like think about it at that time yeah Um, i I mean this is elbow this is pre uh 500 days of summer like like it's
0: great it's it's wild to think that their poster is on a bathroom on a piece of paper this isn't a at uh, a bar at a a bar this is essentially like be or be in New Brunswick or Asbury Park in my early twenties or college years. It's, that's, like who's, that's... it's
1: like who's playing the Stone Pony next month?
0: Not even. It's like it's like well, who's, pl- than that. who's
1: playing the what's it called? What was the the, the, uh, the super small one in uh, Asbury? People uh, play it the Saint. The
2: Saint. Yeah, it's like yeah. the Saint. Yeah.
0: Melissa's has headlined the Saint a few times.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that's that's the great thing about space, and I love the whole Sonic world they've created because everything fits so perfectly but of course guys we all know what the number one song was it was the a-team remix
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that
0: is (laughs) 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 and just seeing him up there in a girl's top doing his thing um we talked about that well guys i mean we've kind of hit all the we've kind of hit all the the talking points we were going to do in this episode so before we leave this episode, let's just give our final thoughts on space, our pitch to people who maybe watch space once. And maybe you're trying to pitch it to a person and say, this is why you should watch, or maybe not even that, maybe just talk about why this show just means so much to you and why you're going to keep going back to it. We already talked about why we love the show, but it's just an emotional farewell to this show. I'll start it off just to set the tone here is spaced is perfect it will never be recreated and that's why i love it and that's what i learned what space taught me as a, a media a television show is that sometimes shows can be perfect for a finite amount of time and i think it retrained my brain to accept something like Watchmen on hbo two totally different shows but if Watchmen never comes back I'm okay with that. And Spaced was the first show to have two seasons to say, it's okay that we're not coming back. We ended it perfectly. And it ended it. And it also opened my mind to so much like British comedy over the years. I had had that in my background of my family. I was big British comedy fans, but so much more. And I've like grown to enjoy So much, many more different types of comedy because of space, different types of film because of space, and to appreciate the full total workings of television because of space. But also, this is a show I've gone back to during hard times. It's been the comfort food, and it's always a show I can go back to, like I said previously, that I can always discover something new about because anytime I watch the show, it's not just the show has aged, I've aged, and it's a show about people. At the at the at the at the end of the day, and it's it, you could see the show differently through your different perspectives. Like if you watch Game of Thrones or you watch other shows, it's just like, okay, you know, this is 10 years ago, this show was out. But you or you watch Law and Order, it's just like, ah, look, the cops were more racist then. I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, it's like cool. It's like, but this show you watch, and it's like a different experience every time. You watch it. And I very rarely have found a show like that. Uh so Al, final thoughts on space.
1: Yeah, like I love this show, and it may not even be like my favorite show of all time because it's not. It's 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 up there. It's a great show. It's definitely one of my favorite comedies ever made. But like this show is responsible for a lot of my humor. It's it's responsible for, you know. The, the the relationship that comes out of this with Peg and Frost and Peg and Wright give me my favorite movies like my literally some of my favorite movies ever made it gives me one of my favorite directors ever made like Edgar Wright made a film in 1995 when he was a, like kind of a film prodigy as uh, kid who was winning competitions and stuff and uh, making commercials and all this and like he made a movie it bombed and he worked in TV for like the next five years um kind of just building back up the credibility where he can make a movie again and it's not until 2004 where we get Sean of the dead and and peg and frost and right burst onto the to you know the indie and horror and action and and all of these different scenes and now you know they're all stars in their own right like nick frost has been consistently working since spaced and he wasn't even an actor. He was just the funniest person that uh, Simon Pegg ever met. And he's like, I have to put him in things. I have to get him to do this. Um,
0: I'll check you, out his interview on thepotbreak.com, by the way. Yeah,
1: you get Simon Pegg, who is uh, a star. Like, he is a star in his own right. Like, he is in the Star Trek universe. He's in Star Wars. He's in all of these huge, possible mission fucking impossible one of the biggest action franchises of all time uh benji is fantastic but like he's huge and edgar wright is still one of the most like he is the like the visionary director of my generation and like he is not respected enough even when people like me hype him up to be the greatest thing ever but like he has made a fraction of the movies that you know that he should have, I think. At this point, um, he's he's still cranking them out, and he's still putting out amazing work. But it's consistently amazing. There's no duds in the bunch. Like, literally, go through that resume, and it's Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End, you, um, Baby Driver, uh, Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and like, Last Night in Soho, and Last Night in Soho, and Last Night in Soho is the the most, you know, the the. This from anything else he's ever made. You would say Baby Driver is the same way, but like he's constantly, you know, just redefining um, cinema for me. And I just like we don't get that without space, and that's why I love the show so much, Melissa.
2: Well, um, I, I, as you were saying that, I totally agree, and I was just thinking about how. Edgar Wright is so good at taking all of these different genres and like really, really honing in on it. Like, you know, Shaun of the Dead is a horror movie, but it's also extremely funny. You know, Hot Fuzz is just like an action packed movie, but it's also very funny. World's End is a very funny sci-fi movie. Like he's not diminishing the fact that these movies are all these like very specific genres. He's just doing he's making a perfect genre film that is also a comedy. I don't know how many other people can say that they do that. And what's really cool about space is that it's like all of that combined into a TV show. You know, like there are episodes where things are like, you know, like the Shaun of the Dead plot was inspired by the episode art, which like just, you know, just saying that without giving anyone any context. It's like how.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's about a character named vulva vulva <laughs> and it, it about performance art but yet it inspired like a seminal zombie yeah. movie
1: but like you you just said it real quick melissa not to interrupt you because i know you have more to say but like Shaun of the dead you just said is a a horror movie that's a comedy and then you said hot fuzz is an action movie that's a comedy and then a sci-fi movie that's a comedy but what i hear what i see when i watch is that's a romantic comedy So you got a romance comedy zombie film. Then you got a basically another romantic comedy, but it's a best friends. It is a it's it's a, uh, you know, a platonic relationship that you're seeing blossoming over hot fuzz. It's just two people, polar opposites who are becoming best friends, as well as a an homage to action movies and a comedy. World's End is. And I don't think enough people have seen the World's End. It's it's criminal. I like,
2: can like people haven't seen it. I
0: I watched it once yeah. at a screening, and I can never go back to it because it was perfect.
1: But that is I a can't drama. Ruin it, for it, is, is a, it is it is a dr- comedic drama where Simon Pegg should have gotten an Oscar nomination for his performance in that movie. It is fucking great. It is great. It's also hilarious. But I totally agree with you. He space was a melding of all of those things it's, it's literally everything. and it, and everything. one episode could have five of those different topics it's crazy
2: and he just does them all and none of them are like yeah. like it just builds and it doesn't take away from anything else yes. exactly. you know there can be a, a a very very romantic moment and then a second later something stupid is happening mm-hmm. and like both scenes are equally good and they go in equally hard but at the same time they're it's just funny like it's just it's so lighthearted in the way that it does everything and it's very sincere at the same time. And I think that's rare is for something to be like funny and jaded, but also sincere and also satirical, but also, you know, social commentary, like it's everything and it does everything well. And that's the crazy part is that like, there's no element of the show that fails.
0: And, and going back to what we were saying earlier about continuing, I think if it continued, the thread would have been lost. Yeah. I think it, that's why it's perfect for what it is. And also it's like, just think about it, this is just a, it's a show about, well, Seinfeld was a show about nothing. This is a show about everything.
2: Everything is possible thing.
0: <laughs> and yet at the end of the day, it's still a traditional sitcom with traditional sitcom rules that it, it it, it like, much like it played in the the, you know, all those other films it played within those rules but it made it its own world that's so believable and so palpable that it's like the three of us are talking about a show that had 14 episodes and we adore this show like that's that I think that speaks to that speaks to all the people because people don't know that Simon Pegg and Jessica Stevenson wrote every episode
2: mm-hmm.
0: like that was that uh, so yeah it's if you haven't seen if you've listened to this and haven't seen it god bless you go find it on freebie uh so yeah spaced is on freebie and based Bar off
2: or you could
0: or you could go to melissa's house. find <laughs> melissa we're not going to tell you where she lives if you could find her there's a series of clues um there's two things we're going to put you on a scavenger hunt for one is al mentioned this a while ago. Um, there's a flash drive somewhere in the middle of the desert with the flash movie on it. And uh, so go find that and go find Melissa somewhere in New Jersey for her space DVDs. (laughs) But I'm also basing this on next season, our next season, which I believe will be our fourth season now, which is kind of wild. We are going to do, and I think you'll agree with me. We're going to dive into the Cornetto trilogy and we are going to talk about all these movies. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to be consecutive weeks but we will get through all four Cornetto film, all three, sorry, Cornetto films. And we're going to be talking about them. in depth. Melissa is going to be back for all three of those episodes. That's going to be something uh, we're not just going to be talking all about Disney plus next year. Although (laughs) we fucking are, we know it.
1: Uh, (laughs) So
0: guys, that is our episode about space. We probably, if, I mean, I wish we also could just go episode by episode, but it, That would be ridiculous at that point. Uh, So, guys, let's talk about our social media recommendations and uh, plug your, uh, no, sorry, our pop culture recommendations and our social, because I don't recommend social media to anyone, but our pop culture (laughs) recommendations and where people can find your work on social media. Al, buddy, 127 episodes uh, or so. You've been on, like, 120 of them. Um, So we're going to miss you for uh, hopefully you can make a cameo back this year if you have the time. Um, So let people know one more time where they could find you on social media. They could find all your great photos and what and why you're probably going to recommend Phoenix for uh, this, this, this week's episode.
1: You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Al Manorino. You can see my photos on the and NJ.com. Uh, for the popbreak.com popbreak.com i recently took photos of my chemical romance at the prudential center which was incredible um i also took photos of the shins i think was one of my last shows uh, you can uh read my...
0: see here now 2022
1: and see here now 2022 which i completely forgot about uh that was the that was a crazy week uh see here now where uh I took photos of green day and wet leg and a bunch of other cool bands uh an artist um and then uh for nj.com i'm taking i'm hopefully taking photos of turnstile this week so we'll see about that and you can also see uh turnstile review and photos on the pop too uh as for pop culture recommendations i thought it'd be great to do another edgar wright recommendation but something else no one has seen the sparks brothers the documentary about right. the band the sparks brothers if you know nothing about this band uh get in line i did not know anything about this band either Um, They are one of the most influential bands of all time That you've never heard of Um, It's crazy um, And is a a, a documentary But in the style of Edgar Wright Because he directed it Uh, So it's definitely a little different and very cool Um, And learning about this band Is uh, Pretty insane Pretty crazy that this band Has been around for this long And made music this consistently This much music And no one's ever heard of him, except a very diehard group of people. So go check it out. It's called the Sparks Brothers. It was on Netflix and maybe off it now. So it might be a little harder to find, but definitely check it out. It is um, in the same year as last night in Soho. He was also promoting this documentary, which is his first uh, documentary that he ever directed. So um, like feature length one. So yeah, that's me. Most sir.
2: Well, um you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is Asthma Squad, which is actually uh if I don't know if I've ever explained the origin of that to you. No,
0: but I I would want to hear it.
2: It's actually Peter Serafano, it's related. Um he did a video on YouTube. Uh I forget exactly what it was called. I think it was uh Fifty Impressions in a Minute or it was something like that. It was like a funnier die video where he was the setup is that he's doing 50 impressions in, in a short amount of time, but they're all fake. They're all not real. And one of them was a character from a TV show called Asthma Squad. That's where that's the origin of my, <laughs> of my handle. Jeez. Um but I'm also gonna recommend a documentary. Um and I, I think it's, it's it's October, so it's 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 kind of Halloween adjacent. Um the documentary is called Lost Soul the uh, the doomed journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Doctor Moreau. Have you ever seen the movie The Island of Doctor Moreau?
0: Is that the one with Val Kilmer and Marlon Brando? yeah yes. uh, no, but I I've seen parts of it. I haven't seen the whole thing, although I heard it was a disaster.
2: It's like the craziest story you will ever hear of the making of something. Like everything that could possibly go wrong goes wrong like one of i think one of the cameramen gets struck by lightning or something like it like everything that could go wrong goes wrong and marlon brando was just deliberately doing everything in his power to make the movie miserable and not good and
0: apparently like uh val kilmer fired like 10 drivers or something like that it was like it was like bonkers and the movie yes. flopped. Yes. Tremendous. There's
2: like a whole I don't want to tell I don't want to spoil too much of the documentary, but um one of the details of it is that the the original director gets fired like a week into production and then like goes missing. And everyone on the set, like all the producers are kind of like, uh is this guy kind of like hovering around? Is he going to pop up on our movie set sometime? Like we don't know where this man is and what he's capable of. And he actually um ends up Finding like a a group of extras from the movie who were all like the movie shoot was going on for so long. All these extras are all stuck in like the woods camping out, like hanging out together for months because the movie was just like they they weren't even using the extras, but the extras had to be there. So they're all hanging out. And the, the original director wanders into the campgrounds where all these extras are hanging out. He starts hanging out with them. They come up with the idea to put him in an, in a costume and fit him up like an extra. He's actually an extra in the movie. Oh my God. There's actually a scene that he's in and none of the people, the producers all knew that like call the cops the second this man showed up and he snuck himself into the film set. No one ever found out.
0: Where can you watch this movie?
2: Anywhere. It's on YouTube. It's on Tubi. It's on Pluto. It's like everywhere.
0: Nice. Um, as for me... Oh, man, that's a good question. What am I going to recommend? Um, yeah, there's been so much good uh, TV that's been on recently that it's 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 kind of ridiculous at this point. Uh, so I'm just going to stick with a uh, previous recommendation. If you have not watched House of the Dragon yet, the new Game of Thrones prequel series, I have to say, and if you're like one of those people who are like, dude, that last se- season of Game of Thrones just sucked. I'm going to tell you this season puts that all in the rear view. It not only is a palate cleanser for that series, it does a magnificent job of just reestablishing your interest and your enthusiasm for George R.R. Martin's world of Westeros, Patty Considine and Edgar Wright, um, Cornetto trilogy alum is amazing in, uh, in this as King Viserys. Um, Matt Smith, another Edgar Wright alum, is also fantastic as just an absolute <laughs> scumbag in this film. Uh, there are so many great things about, i uh, sorry, serious, not film. It is a literal Game of Thrones. This is all political intrigue. There are, yes, there are some dragons, there are some battles, but this is all based on character, performance, intrigue and and plot and it's so good right now like the last episode uh, they just aired i think was the best episode of the season if you just hear about people complaining about oh it's too dark "Eh, it was dark but that's not why you came for this episode there were so many great things that happened here so many awesome performances olivia cook is fantastic in this and the series also did a time jump a massive time jump and replaced a number of cast members and yet it's like flawless it's it's so good. I know it's, it's so many people watching right now, but I know there's a lot of people who were really burnt by Game of Thrones final season, and I totally get that. It wasn't that great. Um, in fact, it sucked at a lot of points. But yeah, House of the Dragon is definitely a great series to, to check out. I think end, it's going to end in October. You can watch it every Sunday on HBO or if you have HBO Max, it's there. Go check it out. As for me, I'm at BodkinWrites on Twitter. Um, I have a lot of stuff that was on the PopBreak.com, but... Most importantly, I want you to check out a podcast episode. I am co- committing adultery right now. Um, check out the Detoxicity Podcast. Uh, my friend, Mike Joseph, who has been on this podcast, he, Kat, Al, and I talked about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it's a mental health podcast. And I just talked about the last 10 years of my life on that podcast. If you know me, um, I've been drunk on this podcast a number of times. <laughs> it's not a secret. Um, but I've also gone through a lot on this. and. Um, I talk about my struggles with alcohol and how I'm six months off the sauce. Um, I talk about my depression and anxiety issues and my self-hatred issues and how I might seem like a living cartoon character on this podcast and elsewhere you can hear me, but there's a lot going on and how therapy and medication and having really great friends, including um, Al, um, really helped me get through a lot of the dark times. Um, So I want, this is not a, this is not a... um, podcast for me to congratulate myself and high five myself it's not a self high five i'm not diamond Dell's page this is a pod thank you melissa i know you appreciate that um this is a podcast it's
1: me it's me it's ddp
0: yes yes thank you al that's that's a birthday present right there You're welcome. Uh, um so this is not about me i'm telling my story one because i felt i was ready to tell it two i really want and hope people will listen to this and be like, Oh, that guy's a, he sounds like a maniac on stuff. He sounds like fun. He's got all the shit together. Um, I went through a lot, but I'm actually doing really well. It's a story for, it's my endorsement of therapy and medication and taking that journey. No matter how hard it is, it actually can help your life get a lot better. That's, that's my, that's my recommendation. If you want to listen to that, uh, you could tie detoxicity on all your favorite podcasting platforms and also the pop just celebrated 13 years. Um, thank you everyone for who's been a part of it, including Al and Melissa and um, check us out. The pop every single day we're, we're posting stuff, check out all our um, social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter at the pop And you can find out about all our great podcasts. So thank you for joining us at 23 meteor street this week, next week, we are going to be talking about two things. We're going to be talking about, uh, we're going back to the world of Marvel. We'll be talking about werewolf by night, and She-Hulk Attorney-at-Law's season finale.